hey everyone, you're seeing this back in your feed. Yes, it is a Halloween episode, but uh, there was some issues a couple episodes a couple weeks back, so not all of them showed for everyone on every platform. It was a whole thing, so it's just a backdated re-upload, so in the future it'll look like it came out the right time, but if you're getting it today in uh, November, sorry about that, but uh, some things had to be switched up and fixed. So uh, enjoy our episode about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, the tangent we take at the end and in the postscript towards fighting a deer. Hello, everybody. It's a spooky, scary night and dark and stormy. And I am uh, Toothpaste Achilles Tendon. And with me is Peanut Butter Kisses Eyeballs. Hey, everybody. Yep, that's me. That's our Halloween names. <laughs> I appreciate it. Mine kind of sounds like something that um, the Dr. Frankenstein dreamed up, and I'm here for it. Uh, I probably said it, but um, have you listened to the monster fuck, the like, um, comedy bang bang version of the monster mash no i didn't know that existed leo Capazzi is the old man the original creator of the monster mash it was too so they turned it to the monster mash but like people would be like ah oh, the original version was the monster fuck and it's like frankenstein just jacked off and cried all this stuff it was like oh my <laughs> that's a halloween classic over in the kip household well, it's kind of funny because now there's a meme going around. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, it's a lady that tweets something like, you know, if you think about it, the Monster Mash, they never said it was a party. It could have been about an orgy. And then she came back and like responded to her own tweet and was like, just read the lyrics. It was definitely about an orgy. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Not a take I would have thought of, but hey. And also, an orgy is our Halloween names, which is our least favorite candy, least favorite body part to get attacked in and yeah we're here to talk about a, a little uh, shorter special episode not as short as our like one minute ones but um <laughs> to talk about nightmare on elm street which is a halloween recommendation that uh, you thought of steph and why do you recommend uh, this movie people or the series people this movie was the first movie that i really have such clear memories of as a kid and of course because when I was younger, obviously, it scared the shit out of me. But even on, like, subsequent rewatches over the years, to me, this really is just a movie that encapsulates what horror movies should be to me. Like, it's got a little bit of camp to it. It's got a couple of parts that make you laugh. It's got a super, super creepy, like, monster to it. And it actually has some good, like, storyline built into it, which is something you don't usually find with a lot of horror movies, so... This one is just stuck with me through the years, and it's still one I go back to if I just need a little bit of old school creep. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the franchise later, but this first movie is just um, different than a lot of people maybe think of they haven't seen it. It's just like, oh, this is like, it's such a pure use of like the tropes of, of the like whole genre, like, oh, it's a morality play, and oh, there's this killer, mm -hmm. and it's scary, but also it's very funny. 
Yeah, and it, that's something that you know, if you watch the later ones, they start to get a lot, a lot more like cheesy. Yeah, but this very first one, the humor in it is sprinkled in a lot more natural way to me. Um, so it's not like they're trying to get the laugh; it just happens within the yeah. writing, and I love that. Because later on, it's like a lot of like one-liners from Freddy versus like here. It's like um, there's like a scene of the um main characters it's nancy who's like trying to stay awake so she has like a coffee pot like under her bed or stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and um she fights freddy by like putting like shotgun shells and like light bulbs and that kind of stuff which is like all this weird like home alone shit yeah it was home alone before home alone was the thing <laughs> yeah and um i do think though that like freddy despite being this like kitschy character He's still like one of the scarier horror villains just because of what he does and what he is. Like attacking dreams, that's scary. Yeah, I, and I, that's probably the part that fucked with me the most as a kid. And like, if I think about it too much now, probably it still fucks with me as an adult. But just like the idea that the only way to protect yourself is not to go to sleep, but it's not something you can keep your body from doing and still like be a functioning human being. That that is just doubly terrifying. Yeah, because, like, um, what these movies, like, end up becoming is, like, shipwreck movies, basically, where it's like, oh, we have to, like, we're out of water, we have to go. But no, mm -hmm. like, you're out of a necessary thing that you need, and you have to make for it. But also, there's a killer out there in those waters, you know? Right, right. And Freddy himself is like, he's such a good case of, like, how you make a character very iconic. He's like, oh, he has an iconic weapon, he has a, a like, outfit, and then makeup, too. It's like, oh, like, everything about it, his sweater, his glove. Mm -hmm. it's burnt up face and body yeah and like the way that they're able to play with the way that he attacks because it's all happening you know within dreams and so it really paves the way for these just insane uh lapses of reality we're like you know uh one of the early scenes when he's like his face is pushing through the wall and you have to say to yourself oh that's happening in her dream, so that's why that can happen. Instead of it just being like, you know, it's Hollywood movie magic, let it go. It, there's a built-in explanation for all the ridiculous things that are, I, I guess not even ridiculous, just the fantastical things that happen along the... Yeah, and for one, I like that Freddy isn't sympathetic. Like, I think at this mm -hmm. point he's not a pedophile. Maybe that's later, or that never happens, because he's like a child murderer, but there's a lot of, like, that imagery. But he's very much, like... This character who he did just murder children and then he's trying to get revenge. It's like, man, fuck you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that was another part that kind of one of the reasons this movie always stuck with me is because it isn't very often, especially in more modern movies, where you have a villain who is a villain like all the way to the core. Yeah. There's almost always where they weave in something that makes them, even if not sympathetic, like you kind of understand where they were coming from or what this dude was a dick when he was alive and he was an even bigger dick after he died. Like he was a pure villain and those are the scariest kinds of monsters. And like Candyman is a great movie and great character, like in his and like their own right, but also just that's like a sympathetic character that's like in some of it. It's just like, oh, he murdered children, then he got murdered for it, and he's mad about it. It's like, well, man, th that's almost more horrifying than like mm -hmm. finding out. Kind of like how like a lot of people are like, oh, like 
there's some reason. No, there's not a reason. This guy is just evil and he wanted to keep being evil. He was mad in hell and he came back. That's like more horrifying than like, oh, he wasn't a murderer. So he came back and murdered. No, he's a murderer. He came back to murder. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't come back because he had like some unresolved issue. He came back because even the devil was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. He was like, oh, I loved murdering kids. Get the parents killed me. I'm going to come back and kill those kids. <laughs> the kids of the parents that killed. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, that's like I said, that's just one of the things that makes him so scary and memorable is just the fact that there's, there's no softness. There's no trying to make it more palatable for the audience. It's just, this is what happened. And this is, you know, how he's dealing with that stress in his life. Yeah. Um, and too, I think that like, um, he works because he's just like, He's the kind of guy that, like, hell would, like, make a manager, like, make, like, a salesperson, basically. Like, yeah, like, go and kill some people for us. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they gave him the perfect platform, you know. Just wait till everybody's asleep. Then you can do whatever the hell you want. It's good. It can't be stated, though, um, how good Robert England is. Incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, I think one of the only things that saved this series when it did start to get more cheesy down the line is the fact that he is a consistently great actor. Yeah. And like, they haven't been able to do it since they've stopped using him. Like they made that one movie that kind of take, that was like a remake of the first one. But besides that, they haven't done more. Yeah. I didn't see that. Didn't bother to see it. Like I had no interest whatsoever. I just, I couldn't bear the idea of anything tainting my, my uh, original nightmare on Elm street experience. Yeah, like a lot of it just seemed like a shot for shot remake. That's not anything. That's not fun. <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, that's boring as hell. Um, and too, like I want to say that um, one more great detail is the music. Oh yeah, that song is like such a important piece of the whole thing. Like one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah, and it, it's memorable in its simplicity. Um, and not only because of how fucking terrifying it is, but it's that's another thing that like I, I could have gone a decade without watching this movie and still be able to sing that song because <laughs> it's just one of those things that it, it crawls into your brain. Yeah. And um, past this movie, though, like the franchise does get a little more ridiculous, a little more like kill counts. But also, I think they're all interesting in their same ways. Like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, like Freddy's Revenge has that whole like thing where it's very clearly about like a like gay teen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dream Warriors, Dream Master, Dream Child. I love that <laughs> shit. I, I loved that one too. And I don't know if it was just because that one felt like closer to the original or if it's just because... Uh, Nancy reprises her role in it, but like actually gets to be kind of a leader. I, I'm not sure what it was, but there was just something about that one that I was like, okay, if I had to have a second favorite, <laughs> this would probably be it. And also, like, love how it just becomes like a big lore thing, and there's people like fighting him with his dreams, like it's the Matrix and all this stuff. <laughs> and is a new nightmare the one that's like, what if nightmare is not real and they're in the real world, then nightmare is real, right? Is that it? Is is that the one where once again that's Nancy comes back on that one? I'm trying to remember my series of It's about a new entry in the Nightmare franchise. It's like all set on like a like meta thing. So the actress that plays Nancy plays herself and she's coming. That's back. right. Yeah. And Freddie goes after her son, right? Yeah. 
but it, yeah, but Robert England is in it, like not as Freddie, but as Robert England. But, but then also, as, yeah, it was it was a very meta movie. Um, not my other favorite by any means, but it, for what it was and for you know her doing that role as an adult, it it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't in my list of favorites. <laughs> what about Freddie versus Jason? I can't say I ever saw that one. Really. Yeah, and the only reason is because by then the movies had gone on for so long that I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to watch this and take it seriously. You don't have to. It's such a good, honestly, like, I don't know. Um, It depends on, like, how good you feel like your daughter is with it. But, like, that's a good Halloween movie to watch because it's like this. It's such a fun mashup. It's so dumb in the best way. <clears throat> Do you remember um, when we were doing the shorts and I did Human Centipede? Mm-hmm. I would have never watched that had she not put it on. So she's fine. <laughs> she's an even bigger horror movie film fan than I am. Yeah, there's always like some things where it's like, oh, is this like there's some nudity? But I guess like that has some nudity, too. Oh, oh God. Yeah. And, and very, very disturbing. Just, just very disturbing. <laughs> I'm reading that. For Freddy vs. Jason, um, eventually Lily had a walk-on role as a high school student, and then Rey Mysterio was Freddy's stunt double. What? Well, shit, I have to watch it just for that. Rey Mysterio? Seriously? Yeah, I I didn't know that. (laughs) The fun thing in this movie is that it's like kind of like a crossover kid, and there's like scenes of like Freddy pretending that he's like Mrs. Voorhees and telling like jason to like do stuff and there was a comic i think that was like freddy versus jason versus ash which i really want to read that sounds great (laughs) well i think i'm gonna have to see this movie now i didn't uh realize that it was freddy pulling out the hits kind of dig that and they almost made in response uh leprechaun versus candy man but uh tony ta was like no (laughs) i 100 percent would have paid to see that like, I would have gone to see it in a movie theater, even if it was a straight-to-DVD release. If that comic came out now, people would love it. Yeah, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, what else is there about this movie? Should we uh, head to our last questions? Young Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. I, had, I, I knew that he was in this movie, but for some reason, when I went to go watch it again last night, it slipped my mind just how young he was. I believe, if I'm right, this was his first, like, feature film. This is before, like, yeah, because, like, in my mind, like, I always think, like, Gilbert Grape. But that was more DiCaprio, right? Yeah, yeah. And Johnny was already a yeah. couple years older by then. But in this one, like, it it really just, like, struck me for a second as soon as I saw him on screen. Like, the baby face and the, you know, perfectly clothed 80s hair and everything. And I was just like, my God. <laughs> Especially after, like... He's been in the media a lot recently and seeing the difference between then and now. He's still, you know, obviously an attractive guy, but just I'd forgotten how old this movie was. And then kind of seeing his baby face in it was a very stark reminder of just how long ago it was released. Yeah, no. And um, he dies. Most you can die. I'm sure for uh, not fans of depth. Ultra dies. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. One of the best effects for a death I've ever seen, though, still to this day. Yeah, because they made it work, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, if you tried to describe it to anyone, they'd be like, that's too unrealistic, even for Hollywood. But they really pulled it off. Yeah, because they had to. They're like, okay, 
we got to make this work. Let's go. Yeah. We only have a million dollar budget here, folks. We're going to use every cent. And you know, um, <laughs> that's where the best movies get made. Um, Thanks Killing, a movie that uh, me in front of that show Brad are talking about uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, was made on a $3,500 budget. Wasn't it kind of similar with uh, Blair Witch Project? Wasn't that a really tight budget also that ended up being just a massive commercial success? Same thing happened with like Jaws. Not so much like the the low budget, oh, that's but right. like the restraint, you know? Yeah, I always forget that one was a shoestring budget too. Well, apparently that's a uh, a requirement to make a really, really good horror movie. I mean, yeah, truth. <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, it's a great ad. But uh, let's talk about how we end the show this time and i guess we have to like talk about um we talked about uh the johnny depp bed being our favorite toku like effect but mm -hmm. we have characters in this movie oh my gosh i'm trying to remember what his name in the movie is and i just watched it last night but the blonde's boyfriend the one who's like the bad boy but then you know Rod. you start to see that yeah he he kind of does have a little bit more going on beneath the hood than you would have expected um or Nancy's mom mm -hmm. just because she was such a freaking interesting character and the way she handles everything eh, maybe not my favorite but she is played as like a real genuine parent doing what she thinks is the best even if she makes some questionable decisions along the way yeah true and I'm guessing that number one's probably Freddy for you, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed to. that would be cheating if I said that. So many cousins and siblings have been terrorized by, like, a Freddy glove in their day. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what they get, though. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my top three. Shit. Um, I liked Nancy a lot. She was pretty good. She was just a very, like, spunky final girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she doesn't play a shrinking violet at all, which I always appreciate in a horror No, she's like, it's my house. I'm going to defend it. <laughs> exactly. And her dad, too, I think is kind of fun because he like keeps being like, oh, what's going on? Oh, no, Freddy. Oh, what's this? <laughs> uh, and of course, has to be Freddy. Um, I think it's good they made a like child murderer, not a molester. I just always assume he's a molester until I like watch the Oh, he just murdered them. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, but I also kind of wonder too, was he actually, and they just didn't want to like push that boundary too hard in the movie because it did come out in like 84? Or is did he really just like go around cutting little kids' throats? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just something to... That's meant to be left up to the audience to question. I'm not sure. Wes Craven basically said there was a lot of recent pedophilia when the movie came out, so they decided to just make him a murderer. Ah, okay. That makes perfect sense then. Which also, uh, you know, there's some lines you don't need to cross, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I it, That was just always something that I kind of wondered about in the back of my head. But, you know, that once again makes it even more evil that he was just straight up murdering people. <laughs> Hate these fucking kids. Get these fucking kids off my lawn or I swear to god I'm going to put knives on my fingers and start fucking them up big style. Uh why did I do so bad at school? I have to be the janitor at a school. I hate all these kids. <laughs> One more fucking kid throws trash on the floor. I'm going postal. I'm all out of sawdust. 
and I'm going to kick ass. <laughs> Shit, that's not right. <laughs> uh, and of course, probably a foregone thing, but best outfit is hard not to. Freddy's outfit. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to say Freddy's outfit. And he just always looks comfortable. And I mean, that jaunty fedora he wears, he's ready for a night on the town or a hard day at work. Either way, he's going to look good. <laughs> Man, Freddy Krueger is like the last guy to wear a fedora for not certain reasons. He's just like, oh, I'm a lady. Like, he's not like an incel. <laughs> I mean, he might say that, but then like do it as he's running one of his finger knives across your throat. Mm. Great movie, great franchise. And I'm so excited, too, because um, the next people here from us together will be uh, for um, a start of our book club. Maybe the only episode of our book club on Changeron. Um <laughs> Yeah, which the more you uh kind of drop hints about what's coming up, the uh, more reservations I have, a kind of feeling like I'm about to start watching a horror movie franchise, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm reserving judgment. Oh, don't have reservations. Just no, I didn't know anything before I got into this, and neither do you. And boy, is there stuff. <laughs> is there stuff to find out? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, Steph, um, where do people find you if they want to hear more about your holiday spirit and maybe some video games? You can definitely come find Jackie and I over on www.arcademilitia.com. Um, we are recording here in the next few days, and I am actually finally taking some days off work next week. So we're hoping to back up a couple of episodes, too, to keep in the bank. Um, so, yeah, come find us there and hang out and give us a listen. You can find me on Twitter.com at Forge. You can find the podcast at Common Artist Me, CommonArtistMe.com uh, for episodes and articles. There is a Comedy.com slash merch for links out to our merch. Comedy.com slash episodes for uh, links out to different platforms. Please rate and review uh, mostly on Apple, but Spotify is fine too. And uh, do note that if you uh, make a cool review, uh, five stars, and you uh, put in some details, we will make you a Toku character on the next episode. So just like a name, maybe a color, whatever you want. And uh, I'll make that for you. But Sweet. Yeah. No. I might do that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, I definitely know. I've looked at the numbers. I've looked at the questions. And no offense, but on the reviews, you guys are slagging compared to even the amount of questions we get, not even listens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> And if you want, um, like, put in, like, um, some kind of thing like sicko mode or something, and I'll go extra sicko mode on you. Oh, there you go. Yep. And what did we learn today, Steph? Uh, we learned that one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. That's right. <laughs> Read me this story. Yeah, so we and Steph got to talking about some deers, but um, father kills Buck in daughter's bedroom. Benville, Arkansas. Of course. Of course. For 40 exhausting minutes, Wayne Goldsberry battled a buck with his bare hands in his daughter's bedroom. Goldsberry finally subdued the five-point white-tailed deer that crashed through the bedroom at his daughter's home Friday when it was over the deer laid down on the floor for a broken neck. Goldsberry was at his daughter's home and he heard glass breaking. He went back to check out the noise and found the deer. I was peeking around the corner when the deer came out of the bedroom, Goldsberry said. The wren... The deer ran down the hall into the master bedroom, jumping back and forth across the bed. 
Um, Goldsberry, about six foot one to 200 pounds, befriended the deer, and after a struggle, emerged to tell his wife to call the police. After returning <laughs> to the bedroom, the fight continued. Goldsberry was able to twist the deer's neck, killing it. Oh my god. Why? Why am I picturing Peter Griffin and that chicken? Yes. Like, does this dude, every time he sees a buck now, just, like, growl and get into the fight position? (laughs) That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. A buck that sees its reflection in a window often presses... Oh, often charges, not presses charges. (laughs) (laughs) Believing it is fighting off a rival, Deputy Doug Gay said. (laughs) It's a good reason to leave your windows dirty, folks. You never know. When you're going to have to wrestle a five-point buck to the ground. I just remember that story of, like, dude, like, goes out to his wife and says, call the police, there's a deer here. And then goes in to fight the deer. Not even gets a weapon or anything, just bare hand. Not even, like, a frying pan or, like, a some, like, rope. No, Lois, this is between me and the deer. Just, can you imagine, just, like... Here's like outside, like your husband comes out, or like your like wife comes out, and it's like, "Hey, call the police." There's a deer inside. Okay, we'll wait. Uh, you'll wait here. <laughs> no, I can't because you know what I would say when I called the police. I think my wife has lost her fucking mind. Can you send somebody over? Was he fighting a deer in one of those like James Bond rooms? Where there was like a big magnet on the wall, and like all the weapons went away, and he had to fight it barehanded. I, I'm kind of wondering, but also, like, did he, was he throwing punches also? That's what I think, yeah. <laughs> it's like he got one right between the deer's eye and stunned him, and that's how he was able to twist his neck. Like, I have so many questions, and I really want to talk to this guy. Let's see if we can get him as a guest. Hey, <laughs> we heard some real talk about to happen when you had a 40-minute Muay Thai fight with a deer yeah. in your daughter's master bedroom. Please show us how you uh, managed to do your henchin before you had to go just jump all over this buck. I, I have I have so many questions. I just don't get how you fight a deer for 40 minutes and I think maybe I shouldn't do this. Exactly, because like I said, I watch him in my yard all the time. They're the most docile creatures. I feel like he probably could have just opened the door and it would have walked out. But he decided to like make this personal. And also just... <laughs> this is what happens when people know that um most times police don't show up it's true you take matters in your own hands you end up fighting a stupid fight that you don't have to but hey at least he can tell his buddies he won question mark like after the first five minutes it's just pride right it's just i gotta fight this deer by bare hands to the death exactly because i can't imagine fighting someone for a minute let alone fighting an animal that is desperately trying to escape for 40 minutes. I don't have the stamina for that. I would lay down and just let him win at that point. He must have, like, had a chance to punch a shark in the nose, like, when he was younger, and, like, he didn't do it, so I was like, damn it, I gotta win this one. He missed it, and, like, the shark swam away, and he just felt like his pride was on the line. He had to really nail it this time. Like, stop jumping on my daughter's bed. <laughs> you little asshole! This, this deer is jumping off my daughter's bed. I gotta fight it for 40 minutes with my bare hands and kill it. <laughs> it's just wild. You know how many free beers that guy got, though? Yeah, just to tell that story. I would love to hear that guy tell the story. Me too, that's what I'm saying. We need him as a guest because I want to hear that story and I have follow-up questions. So this is like 2005, so I hope that... uh. 
this guy's still at it. I mean, I do too. I, but I kind of hope he takes on something a little bit uh, more dangerous if he decides to do this again. Because I, I don't know, with the deer, I just feel like that that really wasn't a fight he had to have. He chose to. But that's also why I want to ask him questions. I want to know the psychology behind that. Like, was he the guy that wrote the song Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer and he felt like he needed to exact some kind of vengeance? I'm not going to let you lie and wait for my daughter. I'm going to get you. Um, <laughs> those those deer perverts all over the place. Ah, uh, this deer masturbator here in my daughter's room. <laughs> so the Chicago Tribute has more details, which is Goldsberry, sort of the struggle, dragged the dead animal out of the house. He got kicked several times. He was walking bow-legged for a while, Deputy Doug Gay said. <laughs> and this time of year, a bug that these the window officer charges, believe it's final rival, Gay said. Goldsberry tends to have the deer processed for his meat. Which, oh, yes! Like, yeah, I mean, that's the very least you can do since you went through all that. And you already tenderized it. <laughs> I don't know, it kind of sounds like the deer tenderized him a little, too. Yeah, uh, that's just a ticket for whatever you want for next like six months then after that is really annoying i bet but yeah yeah we already heard about you fighting the deer with your bare hands you're not getting any more free beer <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna go on the end of our like freddy episode and be like, oh and also we let's come back really quick talk about fighting a deer with your bare hands kind of like fighting freddy in your dreams hey we're we're keeping it interesting here you gotta stick around because you never know what we're gonna tack on to the end of a perfectly normal discussion when they see their 20-minute episode as a 15-minute postscript about fighting deers your bare hands. I can't wait. Maybe that'll be enough to make them rate five stars. Yeah, five stars if you want to be a deer fighter. <laughs> In fact, that can be your uh, toku character if you really want. Tell me what animal you want to fight to the death for 40 minutes, and I'll make you a character off of it. There you go. Hi, everybody. Good night forever, for now. <laughs> Tonight, at least. Finally. Bye, everybody. <laughs>